Hello, this is Pastor John Willingham of Doralstown Presbyterian Church. As our podcast audience continues to grow, I want to thank our loyal listeners and welcome those who may have just recently found us. We know that life can quickly become busy, so this podcast offers an on-the-go opportunity to hear a Sunday sermon along with the scripture lesson read by that day's lay leader or preacher. We also encourage you to visit our website at dtownpc.org to learn more about our church and all of our diverse ministries. Thank you for tuning in. Our scripture reading this morning comes from John's account of the events on that first Easter. We are reading from the 20th chapter. You can find it on page 114 in the Pew Bible in the sanctuary. And those of you joining us online, the words will appear on the screen. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white, sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, They've taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you've laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabunai, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I am not the kind of customer Mark Zuckerberg wants. I am someone that I would say is sort of a reluctant user of social media, Facebook, all the other platforms. Uh, I will post only on rare occasions, and I do accept friend requests, even while thinking they're in for a disappointment. There are times I look at my feed, and I think almost every day, occasionally I will like something that I see there. Even more rarely will I send a direct message. And it is true that sometimes I unfriend people who just wear me out. (laughs) It's a strange kind of confession, I know, for Easter morning. And yet, even with all of that reluctance, I need to tell you, I am a sucker for those reunion videos. I suspect some of you have seen them too. The usual plot is that a member of the armed services is returning home sooner from deployment than the loved one expected. And the setting for that reunion will vary. Sometimes it's in the kitchen, sometimes a child's classroom, sometimes it's emerging from the stands of a high school stadium. 
And the camera is always focused on the loved one who has no idea what is about to happen. But then that person turns around and for the first time sees their husband or wife, their father or mother, their brother or sister, their son or daughter, and the reaction is always incredible. It is then frequently posted to social media. I have seen hundreds of them. I know exactly how they're going to turn out, and they get me every time. I even had thought of posting one on the wall here behind me this morning, for those of you who hadn't seen one, and then I thought better of it because I realized I'd still have to finish a sermon afterwards. <laughs> but it's that absolute joy that is written on the face of that loved one that occurred to me when I first began reflecting upon John's account of that Easter morning. To be sure, the story emerges not on a screen, but on a page. It is seen by only one person, not millions. And the message spread, not virally, but at least in the initial fashion, by word of mouth. And yet still, it all began with a turn. John says that Mary Magdalene was the only one who went to the tomb on that morning. And just prior to our reading, you can see of what happens. As she goes there early, the stone that had been covering the entrance to the tomb on Saturday has been rolled away. She runs and finds Peter and the beloved disciple and breathlessly says to them, they have taken the Lord and we don't know where they have laid him. And those two men run back. They look inside the tomb. They see only the claws that had been covering Jesus' body. And then without a recorded word to each other, they leave and go back home while Mary Magdalene continues to stand outside the tomb. She is weeping when she leans over and looks inside and sees two angels, one where Jesus' head had been and the other where Jesus' feet had been. And the angels say to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And she says, Because they have taken my Lord, and I don't know where they have laid him. She turns around and sees the risen Christ, but does not recognize him. He first repeats the question that the angels had posed and then adds, whom are you looking for? And she says to him, sir, if you have taken his body away, tell me where you have laid it and I will go and get it. And it is then that Mary, Jesus speaks again as he says, Mary. John records what happened as Mary Magdalene turned and saw him and said, Rabboni, which means my rabbi or my teacher. Jesus, she then does the most natural thing of all. She reaches out to embrace him or she takes him in her arms and he says, do not hold on to me for I have not yet ascended to my Father. He gives her a message to deliver to the 11 remaining disciples. And she runs and finds them and says, I have seen the Lord. 
and then shares the news of all that has just happened. It is a wondrous account, and there are all kinds of things in it that we could focus on this morning, but I want us to pay close attention to the two turns that were involved. The first came after the angel had spoken to her and she turned, and then the second comes when Jesus speaks to her again and she turns once more. Her reaction in those occasions, of course, was not captured by phone and then posted on social media, but the impact of those turns lives on. So let's take a closer look. It's after that first turn that we understand she doesn't recognize who Jesus is as he stands before her. John says that she thought he was the gardener. Maybe his appearance had changed. Maybe it's because she was looking through tear-filled eyes. Maybe because it, the light was still dim. We don't know. And yet what we are told is that it was when Jesus spoke again that she turned. And this time, he speaks her name. True story told of a woman who had to take her four-year-old granddaughter, Amanda, to the doctor. Amanda was running a fever. And as they got settled in the exam room, the pediatrician looked into her ears and said to the child, who's in there, Donald Duck? Amanda said, no. He had her open her mouth and he looked in there and said, Who's inside? Is that Mickey Mouse in there? And again, she said, no. He pulled out his stethoscope and put it on her chest and said, who is that inside? Is that Barney? And Amanda says, no. Jesus is in my heart. Barney is on my underwear. <laughs> A name evoked a strong reaction on that Easter day of long ago, and it was the name of Mary Magdalene on the lips of her friend and Lord. It enabled her to know that he was alive. And it was then that he gave her the message to deliver. Tell my brothers, he said, that I am ascending to my Father and to your Father, to my God and to your God. That came about because of two literal turns that Mary made. In the Bible, when we, we hear the word repentance, it speaks of a different kind of turn of turning away from the behavior we know is not what God desires and turning toward the source of our life. And for Mary Magdalene, when she heard this message from Jesus, she was the first one to understand how Jesus responds to every time of repentance. And it came as he said, go tell my brothers. New Testament scholar Dale Bruner commented on that message in this way. Brothers is such a gracious word 
after the disciples' defection, he said. So the first word to the disciples is Jesus' forgiveness of sins. Jesus goes on to say, I am ascending to my Father and to your Father, to my God and to your God. The only time he'd used this idiom, Bruna pointed out, was when he taught his disciples how they should pray. Jesus' relation with the Father, who is God, is absolutely unique. Jesus is Father's only begotten Son. God is Jesus' Father by nature and by right. God is our Father by grace and by adoption. Mary Magdalene was the first one who received that message of forgiveness. And it came after a name and after a turn. A minister named John Ortberg tells of a similar sequence of events from 2009. This year, we had a daughter graduate from Azusa Pacific University, he wrote. My wife spoke at commencement, so we gathered with a group of faculty, alumni, and administrators before the ceremony. At one point, University President John Wallace pulled three seniors into the center of the room and told us all that they were going to serve under-resourced people in impoverished areas after graduation. And then John turned his back to the rest of us, faced the three students, and said this, Somebody you do not know has heard what you're doing. He wants you to be able to serve without any impediment, so he's giving you a gift. Then he turned to the first student, called her name, and said, You have been forgiven your school debt of $105,000. It took a few minutes, Ortberg said, for the words to sink in. The student shook her head and then began to cry. John turned to the next student. You have been forgiven your debt of $70,000. And then to the third, you have been forgiven your debt of $130,000. All three were trembling. Their lives had been changed in a twinkling by the extravagance of someone they had never met. For those of us who watched, watched it was as if we had experienced the forgiveness ourselves. There wasn't a dry eye in the room. And then Ortberg said, An unpayable debt, an unseen giver, an unforgettable gift. There is a bigger debt that we labor under, he concluded. We give it labels such as regret, guilt, shame, brokenness, sin. But God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. It was on that first Easter that she experienced that same gift. And it came after hearing her name as Mary Magdalene turned. And from that moment forward, 
her life was forever changed. Ours, too. Let us pray. What amazing grace we see on that cross, O oh God. We give thanks when words will not suffice for the way that you offered your Son for us and for the way you were then restored him to life. Help us to claim the amazing nature of that gift once again on this day and then be equipped to move forward and respond in ways that will bring you glory and honor. For it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you again for joining us today. Once again, I invite you to check out dtownpc.org for information about our worship and programming for all ages.